32 years he buried that talent, but I'm glad he got it back out. Yeah. Go ahead, sister. You can. Amen. 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 Who knows? Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes, that's right. Brother Eddie said a minute ago, he that won a souls, the Bible said is wise. Amen. Somebody said you can't win them. I said, well, the Bible said you can. Yeah. Amen, All right, let's open our Bibles tonight to the, you can't save them, no, but you can help win them to the Lord. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, just for the, uh, kind of get the, uh, the mood, I guess. We're going to read the whole thing again. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, and uh, we'll begin in verse 1. And uh, Paul writing his last letter here, Paul said, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand." I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmeda, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable unto me for the ministry. And Tychius have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it might not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, 
And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute Prisia and Aquila and the household of Ornesipus. Thank you. you. may be seated. Our fathers, we come to you, Lord, this evening. We thank you, Lord, as it's already been said, that uh, sometimes we take a lot for granted, and I think this COVID situation has helped us realize just how many things we did take for granted. But Lord, uh, the services and the people like Raymond King, Jack Laster, uh, Lord, this great people, Tom Tuggle and people that Lord was in our life and we just thought they'd always be there and now they're gone, you've took them to heaven. And that could be true of anyone sitting here that's saved in this room, Lord, tonight. And so, Lord, most of all, we don't want to take you for granted in your presence, and we don't want to take your word for granted. And, Lord, I ask you tonight, Lord, to just help us to look into the word of God, and may you take and just turn over things and show us things that some of them we know, some of them we forgot, some of them we may have never seen. But I pray the Lord would make us hungry for his word and give us appetite for his word. Help us to be healthy Christians that would desire to eat regularly. Father, I pray for the lost tonight, those listening by the way of the internet, and uh, those that might be in the room tonight, and those that might be cold, indifferent, backslidden on God, uh, those that are doing the best they can to keep on the firing line. Lord, you have help for everyone, no matter where they're at. And we ask you, Lord, to help us all tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, if you've been here on Sunday morning, we've been preaching on people at the end of Paul's ministry. And uh, we've already uh, preached on quite a few of them. Paul mentioned 29 people uh, there, at least 29 people in his last two letters, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, which was the last letter that he wrote, 2 Timothy. And he mentioned some 29 people there at the end of his ministry. And we've already looked at Timothy and Luke and Demas and Mark and Tychius and Alexander the coppersmith and the Lord himself. We've already looked at those. But tonight we want to zero in on verse 19 tonight. And we want to look there where it said, Salute Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesipus. Now, most people, they will not know who these people are. Uh, uh, Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesimus. But they are people that Paul thought was very important and he mentioned them down at the end of his ministry. And we'll look tonight at these three people tonight and uh, just see uh, kind of who they were and what they were and uh, how they was related to Paul and what they might have to do with us tonight. Uh, and uh, all these people Paul mentions in his ministry are people that we run into in the ministry of God. You don't have to be a preacher to run into these people. Uh, you can recognize them in the, in the church and in the ministry. And we want to look first of all at, at uh, Prisca, but actually I'm going to call her Priscilla because that's what she's called most of the time in the Bible. She goes by Priscilla and Aquila. And the thing about these two people, Paul said there in verse 19, salute Prisca and Aquila. Now, you'll never find one without the other. Never. You won't never find Aquila mentioned and Priscilla not mentioned. 
You'll never find her mentioned and Aquila not mentioned. And the word that will stand out when we think about Priscilla and Aquila is the word together. Together. They're always together. Uh, They're a husband and wife team. They're always together. And uh, not all husbands and wives are always together. But you're probably thinking of some people in your mind that you don't see one without the other. They're always together every time you see them. Now, uh, they're always together, and four out of six times that they're mentioned in the Bible, four out of six times Priscilla is mentioned before Aquila, Priscilla being the wife. Four out of six times she's mentioned before him. That's an oddity. That's an oddity. Uh, It's an oddity because of the time that they lived in. The men were always first and then the women. It's an oddity because of the fellow that's doing the writing, the Apostle Paul. Paul has often been uh, referred to by uh, women uh, that uh, don't like some of the things Paul wrote, like uh, wives, be submissive unto your husbands. And uh, women keep silent in the church. And some of the things that Paul wrote, Paul has often been referred to by those that would be of that stature, that way, this uh, women's live movement, this thing like that. They have often referred to the Apostle Paul uh, as a male chauvinist pig. And so it is, uh, it is unusual, it's an oddity that the Apostle Paul, uh, that six times, of course he's being directed by the Holy Ghost of God, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, God led him to list this woman four times uh, uh, out of six before her husband. Uh, you say, why would he do that? I I don't know why he would do that. I guess he'd do it because God directed him to do it. Uh, but Disdale Young, who was a great preacher that I like to read after sometimes, uh, and Disdale Young said he might have mentioned her first uh, because she may have been the first to come to Christ. Uh, uh, she may have been the first one saved. Uh, a lot of times it's that way used to be, especially used to. Uh, uh, if you had ten saved men and ten saved women, uh, uh, nine out of ten times the woman got saved before the man. Uh, and uh, used two years ago, it was never it was never a man that got the woman to go to church. Uh, uh, it was usually the woman that got the man to go to church. Uh, uh, and so Disdale Young said he might have done that because she got saved first. Uh, uh, somebody else said it might have been because she was of the stronger character. Uh, uh, she was more outgoing. Amen. Uh, in other words, you can think of couples tonight. Uh, and uh, because one of them has a outstanding or more stronger character than the other one, uh, that when you mention them, you always mention the woman first. Uh, uh, for some reason or another, because uh, that they are more of a stronger or a more outspoken, uh, uh, outspoken. Somebody said, your wife is outspoken. And a fellow said, by who? Uh, uh, but I want you to know uh, uh, that that uh, could have been that reason what was going on. Uh, uh, it could have been because uh, uh, both of them uh, 
uh, both of them uh, coming from good families, as we'll see a little bit later on. Uh, it could have been because Paul knew that one of them was of a more noble birth physically. Uh, uh, they may have come from a more noble line of genealogy. Uh, uh, their uh, ancestral tree, uh, uh, it may have had some uh, outstanding figures in it. Uh, and uh, it may have been because of that. Uh, I don't know why it was. I just know it was that way. Uh, uh, that six times when he talks about uh, Priscilla and Aquila, he always mentions Priscilla first uh, four out of six times. Uh, now I want us to look at them a little bit tonight if we could. Uh, and I want you to go to Acts 18. Acts 18, and that's where we first learn about them in Acts 18 in verse 1 and 2 and 3. And the Bible said after these things, in verse 1, Paul departed from Athens uh, and came to Corinth. Uh, and he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy, and his wife Priscilla. And because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome, uh, and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them, and wrought for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, persuading the Jews and the Greek. Now, I want us to look at Priscilla and Aquila as a couple tonight. They're married. They are husband and wife tonight. He was a Jew named Aquila, uh, born in Pontius and lately come of Italy with his wife Priscilla who was also a Jew. Uh, and because that Claudius had made all the Jews uh, uh, move out from the area where they lived, uh, they came down to live there where we read about in chapter number 18. Uh, and they were a married couple. Uh, I believe that they believed uh, some things in the Word of God. Uh, you say, what do you mean? Well, I believe that they believed uh, Genesis 2 and verse 24. Uh, you say, what's it say? It says, a man uh, shall leave his father and mother uh, and cleave unto his wife. Uh, uh, and I believe they, they, I believe he believed that. Amen. You know, I never noticed that until I was reading it. Uh, it said, a man shall leave his father and mother uh, and cleave unto his wife. Uh, uh, but evidently the wife can take hers along. Amen. Uh, uh, I, I seem like a lot of times it's that way. But the Bible, uh, it does specifically say that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. Uh, in other words, when you get married, uh, uh, the most important person in your life uh, is supposed to be your wife. Uh, and the most important person in her life is supposed to be her husband. And I believe that Priscilla and Aquila believed that. Amen. Uh, I believe they even believed uh, Ephesians 5 and verse 22. Uh, you say, what's it say? It says, wife, submit yourself unto your husband uh, uh, as it is fit in the Lord. Amen. Uh, you say, what's that mean? That means uh, uh, the husband is supposed to be uh, uh, the head of the house. Uh, uh, and then I believe that they even believe this. Uh, the Bible said in the 25th verse of the 5th chapter, uh, uh, the Bible said, Husbands, love your wife uh, even as Christ also loved the church. Uh, and you know, when a husband loves his wife, uh, 
the way Christ loved the church, it'll be a whole lot easier for her to submit unto him. Amen. But what they had going for them was that they were husband and wife and they were both saved. They both knew the Lord. Amen. I tell you, that's a wonderful thing when you got a couple there and the husband saved and the wife saved and they both know the Lord and they're both in the ministry of God together. Amen. I believe that he even believed Colossians 3.19. You say, what's it say? It said, husbands, be not bitter against your wife. Amen. You say, did, did Aquila ever get mad at her? I'm sure he did. Amen. I'm sure he did. Did Priscilla ever get mad at him? I'm positive that she did. Amen. Somebody said, we've been married 70 years and we've never had a crossword. I thought, oh, but what's went through your mind? Amen. What's went through your mind? I'll tell you, be an unusual couple that be married 70 years uh, and never have a cross word. Amen. Uh, uh, but I believe that they were able to work through things uh, and I don't believe he was bitter at his wife. Have you ever been bitter at your wife? Uh, have you ever had to pray about being bitter at your wife? Amen. Uh, uh, well, the Bible said uh, uh, that the Lord will help us with all things. Amen. Uh, have you ever prayed, ladies, uh, that the Lord would help you to love your husband? Amen. Uh, I tell you, that's what the Bible said you're supposed to do. Uh, uh, you're supposed to love your husband. Uh, your husband's supposed to love you. Uh, and you're supposed to, you're supposed to be laborers together for God. Uh, I tell you that here they were as a married couple. I don't know how long they'd been married, uh, uh, but probably a long time. Uh, and uh, she might have, they might have been like the old man and the old woman. Uh, uh, they had been married for a long time, about 60 years or 65 years or 70 years. Uh, and uh, through the years, his wife uh, had got hard of hearing. Uh, and he told her, he said, Honey, uh, I want you to know that after 60 years, uh, I've found you tried and true. Uh, and she looked over at him and said, Yeah, after 60 years, I'm tired of you too. Amen. Uh, uh, but I want you to know uh, uh, that I believe that these couple here, uh, uh, they was brought together by the Lord. Amen. Uh, and the Bible said that it was a wonderful day in the life of the Apostle Paul uh, there in Acts 18 uh, uh, when Paul run into this couple. I believe his steps was ordered by the Lord. Uh, amen. Uh, I believe it was God's doing that he come down uh, and he found Priscilla and he found Aquila. Amen. Uh, I, I want us to look at them as a couple. I want us to look at them as coal uh, labors for God. Uh, the Bible said there in the 18th chapter, verse 3, the Bible says, uh, and for by their occupation they were tent makers. Uh, in other words, they made tents. Uh, and they worked together. Amen. Uh, they were together all day making tents. Uh, and they were together all night. And some of you ladies can't stand your husband be home five hours. Hello. They were together all the time. Morning and night. They were together all the time. They worked together. They labored together. They were tent makers, the Bible says. Uh, 
You say, how did they learn to do that? Probably, probably her her father and his father were probably tent makers. Uh, you see, there was a day, and uh, there was a day in this world uh, uh, when that if men, whatever their occupation was, uh, uh, if they were carpenters, if they were tent makers, uh, whatever they were, uh, they would teach that trade uh, uh, to their children. Uh, Jesus' father, Jesus' father Joseph, who was not his biological father, but it was his uh, stepfather, so to speak. Uh, and he was a carpenter, and he taught Jesus the trade uh, of being a carpenter. Amen. Uh, sad day in our country when that we uh, uh, stopped doing that. Amen. A uh, uh, sad day when we quit passing along those things. Uh, an old Jewish proverb says, uh, he, he, he says, uh, that does not teach his wife, he does not teach his child a trade, uh, teaches his child to be a thief. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, so it's good uh, uh, that they were tent makers and they probably learnt this thing of their parents. Uh, the Bible said that they worked together and then Paul came uh, and then Paul began to work with them. Uh, how would you like to work with the Apostle Paul every day? Uh, uh, how would you like to work to the man that wrote 14 books of the Bible? How would you like to be able to every day go and sit down across from the man uh, that God revealed seven mysteries to that nobody else had ever known until he came along? Uh, how would you like to work with him every day, pick his mind, talk to him, uh, uh, question him? Uh, uh, you talking about learning some Bible. Uh, I'm telling you, if you was interested, you could learn some Bible. Amen. Uh, and no doubt they did learn some Bible. You say, why do you say that? Well, I say that because of Acts 18 uh, and verse 24. The Bible said, And a certain Jew named Apollos uh, was born into Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, and he came to Ephesus. Uh, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Here was a man that was eloquent in the Old Testament Bible. Here was a man that knew the Old Testament way, but he did not know anything about, he knew about the Old Covenant, but he didn't know anything about the New Covenant. Well, guess, guess who began to talk to him? The Bible said in verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Amen. And the Bible says in verse 28, for he mightily convinced the Jews after they had taught him. He mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Uh, here was Aquila and Priscilla. They realized this man, uh, uh, he had a heart for God. He had a heart for the things of God. Uh, but he lacked some knowledge and he, he lacked some uh, stuff he hadn't heard about and he didn't know about. Uh, and you know what? They didn't just 
jump up in his face and stop his preaching. Uh, uh, they didn't run him down. Uh, uh, they didn't kick him. They didn't make him feel like a fool. Uh, but the Bible said they brought him in uh, and they treated him like a brother uh, and they began to expound to him the ways of God that he didn't know. Uh, and he received it and became a mighty worker for God. Amen. Uh, you say, how did they know all of that? They work with Paul every day. They work with Paul every day. They were co-laborers for God. Every husband and wife that's saved ought to be co-laborers for God. It's not his ministry. It's not her ministry. It's their ministry. Because the Bible said, two shall become one, the Bible said. Two shall become one. And they were co-laborers for God. Not only did they work on tents and sow and make tents, uh, uh, but they also worked in the field of God and witnessed and told others about Jesus. Uh, and I'll tell you, they made a great ministry team for the Apostle Paul. Amen. Uh, we look at them as a couple. They were married. They loved each other. They stayed together. Uh, they were a perfect example of what the Bible said that a husband and wife ought to be. Amen. Uh, uh, we looked at them at co-labors. They wasn't lazy. They worked. Uh, uh, they wasn't lazy in the secular business and they wasn't lazy when it come to working for God. Uh, they worked together for God. Uh, but then we look at them in the church. Look at Romans 16. Romans chapter 16. And the Bible says Paul is writing there in chapter 16. And he says, I commend unto you Phoebe our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Scythia, that you receive her in the Lord as become a saint, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a succour of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks. Here were some people that were serious about serving God. They were willing, listen, they were willing. They wasn't afraid they was going to catch COVID. They were willing to put their necks on the line if needed to be so. He said, I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles likewise greet the church that is in their house. Aquila and Priscilla, they had a church in their house. There used to be a day in America when every home had a church in its house. It was Bible reading, family prayer, an altar prayer. Amen. And brother, when, when America quit doing that, our home started going down the drain. Amen. Boy, it would be good if we could have a revival. We could have a revival from right here all the way to the back. We could have a revival of having a church again in our house. Uh, it was a sad day in America when uh, uh, the devil taught us that the only place we could have church was at church. Amen. Uh, uh, but I tell you, if we could have church in our house, we'd have church when we got down to the church. Amen. Yeah. The Bible said the church at their house. 
Man, they open their house up. Some people won't even let you in on visitation. They open their house up for church. Amen. They say you can have church here. I think it was Brother David the other night in the prayer room. He said, we need to pray. He said, it might come back that we'll have to start meeting in houses again. Amen. Wonder how many people be volunteering for that. Hey, you can come over and preach at my house. You can have church down at my house. I bet it wasn't tonight. Super Bowl, you know. I never have got excited about the Rose Bowl or the Super Bowl or the Toilet Bowl or any bowl. The only thing I've ever been excited about since I got right with God is the Lamb. Amen. I, and the preacher told me this week, he said, Preacher, I know who's going to win the Super Bowl. I, I said, How could you know that? I, he said, Because the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl of all Super Bowls, uh, is in Revelations chapter 20 when the devil meets Jesus Christ. Uh, and he said, Jesus Christ wins the Super Bowl. Amen. I, I said, I like that. Praise God. He said, you ought to preach on that Sunday morning. Put on your sign. Come tonight, I'll tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl. Amen. Amen. That'd be better than this little deal. You know, like I ain't seen it for a while. But this backslidden bunch used to every time the Super Bowl would run around, you'd get the Daily Times, which we don't have anymore, and you could open it up and it'd be a full-time page there, a full ad page there, and it'd say, come down to our church. I, I wear your favorite team colors. I, I root for whatever team you want. I, I, we're going to have an intermission and a break at halftime, and the preacher's going to give us a little pep talk. I, I read that and I thought, boy, I bet the Holy Ghost of God will be all over the place down there. Amen. <laughs> they had a church in their house did you know Priscilla Priscilla Crudit's Concordance you know it gives meanings of names and things and it says Priscilla means old fashioned and simple you know the kind of church we need at our house and the kind of church we need down at the church? Uh, we need an old-fashioned church uh, and simple. Amen. Uh, uh, we, don't need, uh, we don't need all this stuff you got to do. Uh, all we need is that King James Bible. All we need is a songbook. Uh, all we need is a few people and we ready to go to church. Amen. Uh, I like that. I like that. It said old-fashioned and simple. Amen. Praise God. Good day in Paul's life. When he got a couple like Priscilla and Aquila together. Always together. But then Paul, he mentions past their name and he says, and the household of Onesiphorus. Well, when it comes to Onesiphorus, I can't improve upon what the Word of God's already said about him. If you turn back to the first chapter of 2 Timothy and verse 16, the Bible said, The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me. If Aquila and Priscilla are together, if that's the word we think about when we think about them, the word we think about when we think about Onesipus, the word we think about him is he was a refresher. Paul said he often refreshed me. For he said he was not ashamed of my chain, 
But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. That's the only place in the Bible uh, other than where I read there in the fourth chapter that the Bible mentions Onesimus. Uh, and Onesimus, uh, uh, Paul says uh, uh, that he was a refresher. Uh, uh, do you know what we need in a COVID climate, in a COVID society? You know what we need in the end time? Do you know what we need down at the house of God? God, uh, uh, we need some people uh, uh, that are refreshers, amen. Uh, uh, some people that will refresh us uh, uh, in the things of God, amen. Uh, Paul had been his pastor for three years. Uh, you say, where's that at? That's over in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 20. And the Bible said there in verse 31, Paul said, therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. That's Acts 20 and verse 31. Uh, Onesimus was from the church there at Ephesus uh, where the, the apostle Paul was pastor there for three years. Uh, and in that three year pastorate, uh, uh, the one man that stands out, the one man that Paul remembers uh, is a man named Oresimus and he remembers him because he said he often he often refreshed me amen we all need some people that will refresh us in our walk with God in our talk with God in our living for God amen you say brother Rick how did he do it well I think first of all he did it by his presence uh, his presence. Uh, you know how the Lord refreshes us. Uh, uh, he refreshes us through answered prayer. He refreshes us through His Word. Uh, he refreshes us a lot of ways. Uh, but you know how the Lord refreshes us more than any other way? Uh, by His presence. Amen. Uh, uh, when we go down to church uh, and His presence is known, uh, uh, we go down to church and we feel His presence in the singing like tonight. Uh, uh, we feel His presence in the prayer room. We feel His presence in the pulpit. And the way we look for the Lord to refresh us is by showing up and by His presence. I believe the Bible said times of refreshing, they come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. And so if it was presence that the Lord uses, then it's the same thing that Onesimus uh, he refreshed Paul by his presence. Amen. Uh, amen. You say, well, the Bible says there, he said when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and he found me. Amen. He found Paul at a time when you didn't really want to find Paul. Paul's in prison. Paul has a chain. He's chained to a, a guard. And everybody connected with Paul, it's kind of like, kind of like they're doing Trump supporters now. <laughs> everybody that's connected with Paul, you didn't want to be connected with Paul because you could get in trouble. But Onesimus, when everybody else was getting out of Rome, everyone else was trying to leave Rome, uh, Onesimus went there and he went there and looked up Paul. 
He seems to be a man of some means. And I read some things that said when a person like Paul was in prison, you couldn't get in to see it. And no visitors, you couldn't much do that. The only way you could do that would be if you paid somebody a little money on the side to let you go in and see them. Now, I don't know if that's what happened with Onesimus or not, but I know that he came there. And Paul said he was not ashamed of my chain. You ever seen people that, you know, they talk with you and there's good with you in certain places. But if you were to get somewhere where the, their, their unsaved friends were around, they kind of neglected you and there's a little bit embarrassed, you know, that that's my old-fashioned Holy Ghost preacher and I don't want to get him over here. That's my Sunday school teacher. I don't want to get him over here. He's liable to invite them to church or ask them if they're saved or something. And you're ashamed at some places, but Onesimus wasn't ashamed. Paul had a chain on. Paul was arrested. Paul was in jail. Now he's in jail for the right reason. A fellow told me one time, he said, he was visiting a jail and I was talking to him through the bars. And I said, what are you in here for? And he said, alcohol and drugs. He said, I'm like Paul. I'm in jail. I said, Paul wasn't on alcohol and drugs. Paul was in jail for preaching the Word of God. Big difference. Amen. Big difference. But he came there and his presence, his presence. You know what I mean? I mean, you know some folks that you hadn't seen for a long time and all at once they show up. It refreshes you. It refreshes you. Amen. Amen so his presence, he said when he was in Rome, he sought me out. I think also by his prayers, look go back in Acts 20. And when Paul, he's actually leaving that church and he's telling them what's going to happen and everything and, and all the elders are there and Onesimus is an elder there in the church probably. And the Bible says that uh, there in verse uh, 36 or verse 35, Paul is talking to them and telling them some things. Verse 31 down through verse 35. And now he's getting ready to leave. And in verse 36 he said, And when he had thus spoken, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. Well, if Paul is praying with them, I just got a feeling they're praying for Paul too. Amen. Amen. And I think that it's like in the prayer room tonight. When we get in there, you're praying, but you can't help to hear what other people are praying as well. And sometimes you hear somebody call your name. It's refreshing to know somebody's praying for you. And the Bible says that they all prayed, verse 37, and they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. And by the way, this thing turns out in the end, and Paul mentions Onesimus, I'd say the fellow that hung on his neck the most and kissed him the most and prayed for him the most was this fellow Onesimus. Thank God for people that will pray for you. Amen. 
I've been in motel rooms and dead revivals. I've been so discouraged. I've been so down and out. I just wished it was over with and I could come back home. And I've had the experience of sitting there on a motel bed and something come over me and I didn't know everything changed. I began to get strength and pick up and say, what in the world's going on? And seem like the thought come to my mind, somebody back home praying for you. I remember preaching a revival. I won't name the church, but it was, uh, I was kind of down in this thing. We wasn't having much movement, not much attendance. And I stood up to read my scriptures. I remember I was preaching on Matthew 24 and I was preaching uh, on that fig tree, but I was so down, Brother David. And I stood up and as I was reading my scripture, I heard a commotion. And I looked up and the back doors opened and about 20, 25 of my church members come in the door that I didn't know was going to come in the door. The only way I can explain it is refreshing. Uh, uh, the only way I can explain it is uh, uh, that it took me from down here and brought me up here. Uh, I thank God that there's people that can refresh us with their prayers uh, and with their presence. Amen. 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 So how do you refresh him? I think with his pen. Now, I don't really have anything that Onespus wrote, Paul. But John tells us that there was a lot of writing going on with paper and ink. I know there's a lot of letters going from one place to the other by Paul, and I'm sure there were letters coming his way. He says here in this verse 13, he says, uh, When thou comest, he said, the cloak, he said, Bring the cloak when thou comest with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Uh, and I was reading on that and studying on that, and one thing I studied said the books uh, uh, was probably the Word of God, uh, but the parchments uh, uh, was dried uh, skin that they wrote Bible on, they wrote letters on, uh, and Paul was uh, writing these books of the Bible, and he said, be sure uh, and bring me some parchments. Uh, uh, he probably wrote First Timothy and Second Timothy. Amen. Uh, I don't know, but I know they was important to him. Amen. Uh, I know that and so I know there was some writing going on how can you encourage somebody how can you be a refresher you don't want to be an old discourager you don't want to be an old down in the dumps type person you don't want to be somebody that when a person's already down you push them a little further down you, want to, you don't want to be an old negative Nancy that everything that's said, you got something negative to say about it. And folks, I believe in a negative and a positive. I believe it's in the Bible. But I don't think there's anything wrong with having a lot of positive. As a matter of fact, I believe in these days we're living, we got so much negativity, we need some positive. Amen. Uh, I, I ain't even watched the news hardly at all since... Uh, since the election was over, I watched Newsmax about an, uh, sometimes an hour uh, at night right before I go to bed, and that's about all the news that I watch anymore, amen? You say why? You pick up a lot of negativity in that stuff, amen? A lot of negativity. You say, well, what do you do when you, if you don't watch the news? What do you do? I try reading the Bible. 
A lot of times I can read through a whole book. Uh, just sitting there before I go to bed. I read through Revelations last night. And, uh, and I find encouragement in that. But you say, how can I be a, re- a, a refresher? Cards are a blessing. You ever send out a card? I know nowadays you got to be about a millionaire to do it. If you go down to, if you're going down to Walgreens, it costs you sometimes five, anywhere from five to seven dollars a piece. But thank God for Dollar Tree. I just found out the other day Dollar Tree's got some real nice cards, and I think it's two or three for a dollar. I used to go out to the hospital to the gift shop out here and you could get a whole stack of them out there for $5. You could get some nice cards. But you see, whenever I get a card in the mail, I know this much. I know somebody sat down and thought about me and took whatever time it took to write that out and put whatever the stamp cost and put it on there and carry it to the mailbox. And I know they thought that much about me. And I know this, I don't know about you, but whenever I never send out a card, I never send out a card that when I don't write it out and I don't sell it up, I pray over it. I pray over it. Cards are refreshing. Amen. I had some... Cards, I uh, had two cards from Brother Walt Ziegler I wouldn't have took a million dollars for, and I misplaced them, and I haven't been able to find them for a couple of years. I guess they're gone. But I wouldn't have took a million dollars for them two cards from Brother Walt Ziegler And I often read them, and it often would encourage me that he uh, would write them. Uh, I have uh, some cards. I have a card from my mother that, uh, that I went to the mailbox one day in a low time and walked down to the mailbox, and my mother just lived across the road. But I seen that the address was from my mother, and I started reading it going back up the hill, and it was refreshing. She just told me about how much she loved us, and, and she hadn't always been what she ought to be, but there never was a time she didn't pray for us kids and, and, uh, and all of that. And I tell you, that was refreshing to me. You want to be a refresher? Can you write? Nowadays, you can find anybody's address. White pages. Just type it in. The most, it might cost you a dollar. Probably won't even cost you that. You can be a refresher. Just look around on Sunday morning. There's all kinds of people that need refreshing. Amen. Just send them a card. Say a prayer for them. That would be a blessing to them. Words matter. Words matter. Some people have had words said to them as a kid that live it today. They've been told they were stupid, they was ignorant, they'd never amount to anything. They've been told that all their life and they never have got over that. I tell you, kids need a lot of encouragement. Uh, kids need constant contact. Uh, and I'm telling you, we're living in a world today where that young people, uh, we don't understand what they're going for, through. Uh, they need constant contact uh, uh, from you. Grandkids need to hear from grandparents. They need to know. I'm not talking about writing a book, just a letter saying, I love you and I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Uh, it'll go a long ways. Amen. Uh, 
encouragement. I believe that he was a refresher. Henry Varley, nobody in this room knows who Henry Varley was. Henry Varley was a man, a Christian man that D.L. Moody met when he went over to England. When he got through preaching, Henry Varley met Moody at the door and he said, Mr. Moody, I enjoyed your sermon. And he said, it's yet to be seen what God will do with a man that will give himself totally to God. Uh, Moody said them words stuck in his heart. He never could get away from them. Uh, he thought about them all the way back to America. He thought about them when he got home. Uh, and he found him a place of prayer. And he said, by the grace of God, I'll become that man. Uh, uh, you know who encouraged him to do that? Henry Varley. A nobody that nobody knows, but he was a refresher. It was a refresher by his presence, by his prayers, by his pen, by his purse. Look at verse 18. First Timothy, 2 Timothy 1 verse 18. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day in how many things he ministered unto me. That's talking about bringing things to Paul. That's talking about meeting needs that Paul had. Look at Philippians 4. The Bible said in verse 15, Paul said, Now you Philippians, this is not, this is not about Onesimus here, but there's a principle here. He said, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving or receiving, but you only. You can feel the refreshment in that. Paul said, There wasn't nobody giving nothing to me. No churches were sending to me. But he said, You did. And he said, Verse 17, Not because I desire to give, but I desired fruit that might abound unto your account. Paul was saying, I don't want your money. I'm not desiring you to give me a gift. But he said, I know if you give me a gift, I'm going to use it in my missionary endeavor and it's going to add rewards to your account someday. Amen. And he said, verse 18, but I, but I have all and abound. I am full. I have received of Eratibus the things which were sent from you. An odor of a sweet smelling, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. He said, God was pleased with that offering you sent me. Verse 19, every Christian in the world can quote it. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But how did God supply His need? He supplied it through the church at Philippi. That's how God supplied it. Look over in, the, in Luke. Luke 8. Look down at verse 2. And the Bible said, Certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, one of who went seven devils. You're talking about a mean woman. Seven devils living in one woman. And he said, And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod Stuart, and Susanna, watch this, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. 
Sometimes God wants us to minister to somebody of our substance. Amen. Sometimes God wants us to do more than I'll pray for you. God bless you. Sometimes God wants us to minister to somebody of our substance. Amen. Our substance. So that's how they ministered unto the Lord. And it was refreshing to Him. Amen. You take Onesimus, boy. He went all the way to Rome and put his life in jeopardy. That's a tough trip. That's a wrong, a hard trip that he took in those days. Amen. You say that's an awful lot to do for somebody. Well, I read about a big storm years ago that hit Iowa, and it blowed everything away. Houses, houses down, churches down, buildings down. Everything just rubbish and piles. And a newsman went down there and he saw a little boy down there and the little boy, he had his arms full of some stuff that was left in their house and he had his little brother on his shoulder and he was coming out with all he could pack and his little brother on his shoulder and the newsman saw him and he said, Son, he said, you got a heavy load there. Son, you've got a heavy load. You're trying to bear too much. you got a heavy load. He said, No, sir. He said, He's not heavy. He's my brother you know when somebody's a brother and you love somebody it ain't hard to be good to them it's a blessing to be able to be a blessing and then look here in verse 16 of 1 Timothy 1 for he oft Refresh me. This wasn't a one-time deal. He said he oft refreshed me. His persistence to refresh the Apostle Paul. What a blessing. Amen. Amen. Paul comes down a three-year ministry at that Ephesus church. Three-year ministry there. Several elders, no doubt. But the one man that stuck in the mind of the Apostle Paul as he's about ready to die, they're going to chop his head off. And the one person that stuck in his mind was an old fellow by the name of Onesimus who often refreshed Paul and often showed love to Paul. We can't all be preachers. We can't all be singers. We can't all be teachers. We could all be a refresher. Amen. And I'll tell you, there's a great need for them today. Yeah. I started a couple of years ago. I started saying, Lord, just let me bless one person somehow every day. Just let me bless one person every day. It's not hard. They're out there everywhere. They're standing on the street corners. They're in the grocery store. They're down at the shopping center. They're down at the drug store. You say, you mean give money to everybody? No. Sometimes just a kind word. Sometimes just a prayer. Sometimes just a hug. 
Sometimes just to show the love of God. The Bible said by this, all men know ye my disciples because ye love one another. I'll close with this. But I, I, I was taught a lesson in Louisville by an old black woman one day up on the surgery floor. And I had a church member that was having surgery and I'd been sitting with them all day and there was nobody in the waiting room except me, a young lady, and an older black lady. And the doctor come out after a while and he went over to that young lady and I don't know what he said to her, but when he said it, she just began to sob and just you could just feel it. It was that kind of sobbing, that kind of crying. You could just feel it in the whole room. And the Holy Spirit said, go over there. Go over there and just put your arm around her. Go over there and just tell her, you have a prayer with her. And I sit there wrestling with God and arguing with God. Lord, I don't know that woman. I don't know what was said. Lord, I don't know. And about the time I'd almost mustered up enough strength to go over there, and about the time I started to stand up, that old black lady back in the corner, she got up, and she come across there to where that lady was a-sobbing and a-crying, and she took her up in her arms, and she said, Honey, child, it'll be okay. Honey, child, God loves you. Honey, child, God's with you. And I tell you, just like the sobs and sorrow filled that room, the love from that one old black lady that was full of the love of God filled that room. And God taught me a lesson that day. You can be a refresher if you want to be. Father, thank you tonight. I thank you for all the refreshers you put down.